Welcome back. On this episode of Deeper Life, Pastor Stephen shares about standing up against your enemy. Listen and be blessed. For in thy presence there's healing divine. No other power can stand Lord but thine Holy Spirit thou art welcome in this place Holy Spirit thou art welcome in this place omnipotent of mercy and grace Thou art welcome in this place <coughs> Fill every hungry Fill every hungry and thirsting within Revive us O oh, Father, restore us again. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Thou Saturate me in your anointing Saturate me in your presence Gotta have more I've gotta have more of your anointing In my life Saturate me, O Lord Today, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you majesty majesty grace has found me Empty-handed but alive 
presence, the presence, your presence, your presence. We sing majesty, majesty. And I 
lost without you Come and breathe upon us tonight, Lord The breath of God Breathe upon us, Lord Tonight we don't stand because of who we are Or not where we are because of who we are But because of who you are in our lives King Jesus, we honor you Our Savior, our Lord, our Heavenly Father We honor you, Lord Thank you tonight, Lord Great is the Lord Worthy of all our praise and adoration Thank you, Father God You deserve more More than ever before You deserve worship more than ever before Father, we love you this evening, God The word says when we are weak Then we are strong Sometimes, Lord The weaknesses Lord Because of things around us They come to attack us we thank you tonight that, Lord, we have founded upon you the author and finisher of our faith. Holy Spirit, we thank you. These are days you strengthen us to walk with you. You strengthen us to live for you. Strengthen us to, Lord, overcome. And thank you tonight, O oh God, that you have called us to be overcomers. Thank you because your word says it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit. We thank you tonight, God. We worship you, worship you, worship you. Oh, come and breathe upon us your precious anointing and grace. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising up. Oh, there's an army rising up. Every chain, break 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 every chain. Father, thank you tonight for the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. There is an anointing released even over this meeting. Break every power of the enemy. Lord, to break every chain. 
break every habit that is not of God, break every addiction, to break every spirit of poverty, every spirit of the enemy, every spirit of lies and confusions and divisions. The power of God, power of God. I want you to know tonight the power of God is here to break every power of the enemy. I can feel somebody struggling with your marriage, walking through a tough time in your marriage. Tonight, God is breaking every chain the enemy is trying to put. God is setting you free, breaking every power of the enemy that has been released over your marriage. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. If there is a sickness in your body, God is able to heal that spirit of sickness, that, that infirmity in your body. Jesus can heal right now because He is the healer. He is the healer. No man, what no man can do for you, God can do for you. Trust Him tonight. Trust Him. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We ask for an open heaven over our lives and over this meeting, God. We ask that, Lord, you would speak into us. Speak into our lives. We ask in Jesus' mighty name. I want to pick up a scripture in Psalms chapter 92. And in verse 10, Psalms 92 and verse 10. But my horn, you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. But my horn, basically talking, talking about our strength, our abilities, our faculties. You know, the psalmist said, you have exalted like a wild ox. I want you to know today, God is a God who strengthens us when we don't have strength. You know, there are times that we can feel weak, are times that we can feel like giving up, times when we can feel the enemy will come to, to, to weaken us. Amen. And one of the things that's very important for us to know is God wants us to walk in his strength. Amen. David writes, Lord, my strength, Lord, you have increased it. You have increased my capacity, my faculties, like that of a wild ox. And he says, you have anointed me with fresh oil. The anointing is always about freshness. Amen. We don't live, uh, you know, God anoints us again and again. If you read Ephesians 5 and verse 18, Paul writes, uh, do not be drunk in wine in which is much dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That word being filled actually means to be continually filled. Okay, It is that filling of the Holy Spirit that draws from inside of you. You know, you remember in John 7, 38, Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The flow, the flow will come when the anointing is there. The Spirit of God is, when He is 
poured out upon us from inside of us, there will be a river. You know, uh, in John 4, Jesus looked at the woman at the well at Samaria and said, For if you drink this water, you will not thirst. And he said, This water will produce within you string, springs unto eternity. He said, You know, this, this water will bubble up from inside of you and will bring you to eternity. What brings you to the eternal home that God has for you? What will bring you to one day being with God? in heaven forever and ever, is that living water. Amen? That is why today is very important for us to understand that God wants you to be strong. Amen? Uh, weakness is not for us. You know, um, the enemy wants to weaken us. The enemy wants to take away what God has put within us. But I want you to know, God wants you to walk in strength and in power. And David writes, you have anointed me with fresh oil. He says that fresh oil always gives me the strength of a wild ox. He says it's beyond me that, that the wild ox, you know, that ability to go through and come out the other side, through everything in life. So, you know, if you, if you look at Ephesians um, uh, chapter uh, 6, uh, you know, uh, putting, uh, talking about the armor of God, uh, Paul writes something beautifully. He starts like this. He says, uh, you know, he's basically talking about uh, what it is to be, uh, how, how we need to be submissive, how we need to be, uh, he's talking about married people, he's talking about, uh, you know, servants, bond servants, he's talking about children and parents and everything. So he's talking about, uh, you know, what it is to be submissive so that you can be the person that God wants you to be. You can be, you can be, you can understand and be in the responsibility that God has put upon your life. If you're a husband, you have a responsibility. If you have a wife, you have a responsibility. If you have, if you have children, you have a responsibility. If you're parents, you have responsibility. If you are a worker in a company, you have a responsibility. Whoever you are, Paul is talking about this. And then finally, he says something very important. You know, he starts like this. He says in verse 10 of chapter 6, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He says, it is very important that you are strong. <clears throat> you, it's very important that you have the strength to be able to fight your enemy. You know, it's, 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 it's very important that you have the strength to face the challenges of your life. You have the strength to overcome the situations. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, this power, the power that comes, you know, uh, from him, his power that he clothes us with. He says, you walk in that power. You know, it's very important that we walk in it because he goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He said, one of the things that's very important to understand when it comes to the enemy is, you know, we need to put on the power of God, put on the armor of God, put on, uh, you know, the anointing of God. We must walk under it. Why? Only then can we fight the enemy 
who comes against us. You need to know your enemy. You need to identify your enemy and you need to fight your enemy. Amen. One of the things is very important for us to understand is if you want to fight a war, you must know who your enemy is. You know, you need to know who your enemy is before you fight. And sometimes, you know, we are, we are ignorant of what the enemy is doing. Sometimes, you know, the enemy, that's why, you know, Paul uses the word schemings. He says, uh, you know, he says here, he uses the word scheming. He says, put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, the plans, the agendas, the things that the enemy is bringing into your life. 1 Peter 5.8, Peter writes about the enemy. He says, let me just read it to you as it is. Um, uh, 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Okay? He says something very important. You need to understand your enemy. Your enemy, you know, here Peter writes, is like a roaring lion. You know, he is, he is like the king of a jungle. You know, he is... He shows his strength by the roar. You know, the roar of the lion is to show who is in command. That's what the enemy does. Many times the enemy wants to tell you and me that he is in command. And, he, and, 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 and here, if you look at uh, this verse, Peter writes like this. He says, this roaring lion is running around because he wants to devour Amen. What does the enemy wants to do? He wants to devour our life. You know, I'm, I'm not only talking the physical, but I'm talking mentally. God, the enemy wants to mentally destabilize you. He wants to weaken the strength of your mind. He wants to weaken the ability to reason. He wants to weaken the way you can see through things. He wants to weaken. The enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The enemy is for the bite. Come on, are you with me? You must understand the enemy is always for the bite. And for that, Peter says, what should you do? He says, be sober and be vigilant. Two things he says. He says for that you need two things. One is be sober, be self-controlled. Now, we all know that self-control is one of the fruit of Holy Spirit. Self-control will come in our lives, not because we know how to handle things. It's because the Spirit of God in us gives us the ability to be in control over our own lives. Are you with me? You need to be in control of your own life. You have to be in control of the words you speak. You need to be in control of the emotions you have. You need to be in control of the actions that you have. It's very, very important. Peter writes, be sober. He says, be self-control and be vigilant. Be awake. Be sharp. Because the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking him whom he may devour. In, John chapter, in James chapter 4 and verse, four, verse 7, James says, you need to learn to resist the devil. 
Amen. He says in James 4 and verse 7, James writes like this. He says, therefore, you know, he says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will free from you. You know, here, if you read a little before, you know, if you go two verses before that, uh, three verses before that, he says, adulterers and adulteresses, verse, uh, verse 4. Uh, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enmity of enemy of God. So he says, you know, he says, uh, you know, just be careful. He says, you who are who allow yourselves to be mixed with the world—that's what he's using. Adulteresses, amen. And adulteresses. He's talking about people who are who are so vulnerable to being adulterated by the world. You know, people who can so easily mix spirituality with the worldly systems and worldly things. And sometimes they are so, they, they, they blind us from the things of God. And he says, but he gives grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He says, but if you submit to God, if you, if you are yielded to God, if you are committed to God, then he says there is a grace over your life. Amen? I want, I want you to know this. God has a grace over your life. A, a, a way, a path over your life where his unmerited favor is. The biggest challenge is when we step out of it, we get into trouble. That's why it's very important to stick to the call the purpose, the plan of God, the voice of God, the open heaven over our lives. Last week we saw in Mark how, you know, the presence of God, you know, it brings an open heaven. And the, whole, the open heaven, you know, it, it brings the voice of God. And the voice of God, what does it do? It brings the, 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 the direction of God. The Bible says Jesus, you know, when he came out of the river Jordan, there was an open heaven over him. You know, the Spirit of God came. When the Spirit of God manifests, there's always an open heaven over you. And when there is an open heaven, that's the voice of God. When there's the voice of God, there is a direction. Clear direction comes when we are under this grace. And then he goes on to write, James, he says, Therefore, because you know of this grace, he says, submit to God, resist the devil. He says, you need to stand against the devil. You got to stand against what comes against your life. You need to know how to fight your enemy. The enemy comes in many different ways, but God has given us wisdom. Wisdom to handle every situation. Are you with me this evening? I want you to understand, God gives you wisdom to handle every situation in your life. By His Spirit. By His Spirit. You always are sitting above. You're never under. You're never in a place where something takes over your life. You're always sitting in a place above. We're seated with Christ in the heavenlies, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2. When Christ was raised up, we were raised with him, the Bible says. So the Bible here, you know, James says, resist the devil. If you resist him, the Bible says he will run. He will flee from you. Amen? That's why, you know, sometimes fear will come to torment us. And when fear comes, faith will go down. When fear invades your life, faith will go down. Faith in God will go down. But I want to tell you something. When faith in God is up, 
fear will go down. Faith and fear, they're always against each other. And how can you, how can you fight faith? Because you, you know how to walk in faith. How, how can you fight fear? Because you know how to fight faith. By faith. By faith. When you believe in God, when you walk with God, then you push fear down. You don't allow fear to speak to you. You allow faith in God to speak to you. Amen? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, uh, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, flee from youthful lust. You know, sometimes the enemy will bring lustful things into our lives. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, Peter is, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy. 2 Timothy, let me read it to you. 2 Timothy and uh, chapter 2 and in verse 22, Paul writes to Timothy, flee also youthful lust." But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on God out of a pure heart. He says, one thing that you need to run is you need to run from youthful lust. Run from youthful lust. In John chapter 10 and in verse 10, Jesus said, The enemy does not come but to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, what does the enemy come for? The enemy comes to, he wants to come and steal. He wants to take out what God has given. He wants to take off the call of God. Why? Because he lost it. He was, the Bible says, he was the most anointed cherub. He was, had such a mighty anointing upon him. He was the most anointed. Of all the anointed, he was the most anointed. But he lost it. He lost it. He cannot bear that feeling of being without it. You know what would happen to us if we lose the anointing? You know how desperate, empty, worthless we become if God's precious anointing is out of our lives. Jesus said, the enemy wants to come to steal. He wants to come to kill. He wants to kill what God is doing in your life. He wants to come to kill. And he wants to come to destroy. I want want you to know tonight, the reason I share this is because you need to know who your enemy is. You need to know what you're standing up against. Amen? Uh, In 2 Corinthians uh, 2 and verse 11, Paul writes, you know, he says, um, concerning his own life, you know, he says, um, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Paul says, you know, I don't want Satan to take advantage of me. You know, he says, I don't want to take, want Satan to take advantage of me. In Ephesians 6, where we looked in the beginning, you know, this, why does he want to you to be strong? Because he, you know, Paul writes, he says, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. You know, one of the things the enemy, 
wants to break out of our life is the godly principles by which we live. He wants to twist the word of God. He wants to twist the way of thinking. He wants to twist theology. He wants to twist godly, good, foundational doctrines of the Bible. He wants to twist the truths of the word of God. You know, he will twist it in many ways. Because, you know, he is a ruler of principalities. Paul says, you know, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. You know, they are hidden, dark things that the enemy uses against us. Spiritual wickedness in high places. One of the reasons why today the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is so important is because, you know, the enemy even wants to twist our understanding of God's Word, our understanding of the cross, our understanding of, of the blood of Jesus, our understanding of sin, our understanding of the grace of God and the mercy of God. You know, I want you to know, sometimes very important to know this. There is, you know, the cross... When you look at the cross, the cross is a place of an end and the place of a beginning. You need to know that in your heart. The cross is not a place of continuation. The cross is a place of an end to your past life and the place of a beginning to a new life. Every time you tell God, God forgive me, wash me with your blood, come into my life, that is a place where the past is gone. When I say the past is out of your life, everything that pertains to the past is out of your life. Paul says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. It's a new thing. You know, in Ephesians, the Bible says, we are translated from the, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. There is, a, there is no, no connection with, from one with another. Not only that, not only do you have a new life, the effects of your past life, are you with me? The abuses of your past, the situations that you have been through in the past, its effects will have no bearing on your life when you come to the cross. When Jesus paid a price on the, on the cross, he paid a full price. The Bible says he broke the power of the enemy. In Colossians, the Bible says he tore down the strength of the enemy. That means the influence of your past life over your present, you know, is already broken, torn down, destroyed by Jesus on the cross. You know, sometimes after we become a believer, sometimes we want to go back to our past life and see if there are things in our past life that needs to be sorted out. Come on, excuse me. It's, it was sorted by God. By the way, it was sorted by God. Why do you want to sort something in your life that has already been taken care of by God? Garbage stinks. The older the garbage, the more it'll stink. 
It is new life he has given us, not garbage. It's gone. It is out. That's the power of the cross. The power of the cross. The message of the cross is foolishness to them that, you know, those who are ignorant, those who don't want God, it's foolishness to them. To the world, it's foolishness. But to us, it is the power of God unto salvation. What is it? It is a power that resurrects you out of your dead old man into a new living way. Living stones. We are living stones. Jesus being the cornerstone. We are in a new place. The enemy wants to kill. Even want to even twist and turn things in your life because he wants you to go back to bondage. The one lie of the enemy is to tell you after you become a believer that there is something in your past that is still holding on to you. Let me tell you, it will kill you. It will destroy your life. It will be like a chain that the enemy can put over you to just tell you. You know what the enemy is trying to tell you? He's trying to tell you, excuse me, you could have been saved, but I've still got a hold on you. He wants you to believe that. He wants you to believe one belief that, oh, there's something in my past that is still not being dealt with after you have become a believer. What are you trying to say? Is the enemy trying to tell you, hey, I still got a hold into your future. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. That all means everything that you have been through in your past is out of your life. In Hebrews we read, he not only forgave our sins under the new covenant, he forgets it. Puts it into the depths of the sea, the Bible says. What God has forgotten, why do you want to remember? Anyone wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Paul writes, we are not ignorant. He says, we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. When it came to the temptations in, in Luke chapter 4, you know, we know how, how the enemy came and he, he tempted Jesus, you know, in the wilderness. And, um, uh, you know, three times he came and tempted God. You know, the Bible says, first he said to God, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. You know, then he said, if you will, all authority, all this authority I give to you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me once, he said. Then he said, go and throw yourself from the pinnacle in Jerusalem. And he began to quote scriptures. He said, oh, it is written. He also said, it is written. For, you know, he will give his angels charge over you. You know, they will carry you. All that the enemy wanted, you know, is what? From Jesus. It wasn't about the, the, the situation. It was about one thing. He wanted Jesus to obey one thing that he told him. One thing. And when did he do that? He came in such a subtle way after 40 days of fasting and when Jesus was hungry and ready to eat, 
he came in a nice way and said, you know, why don't you turn this stone into bread? Just the right time with the right thing. What sounds good? What sounds good to your mind? What sounds like the right thing to do? What is a feeling of doing the right thing need not be from God. Are you with me? Sometimes we just go by feelings. You know, I have this feeling. Let me tell you this evening. Just don't go by feelings. Go by God's word. Go by what the Spirit of God tells you. In a subtle way, the enemy came. All he wanted from Jesus is one thing. One thing. It wasn't even about jumping. It was about him going to that pinnacle just because he told him. You know what Jesus said to the enemy? Get thee behind me. He said, behind. He says, you should not stand before me. You should not stand and talk to me. Let me tell you, my friend, don't allow the devil to talk to you. Don't allow the devil to speak to you. He's, the, he's, the, he's a liar and he's a father of lives. There is no truth in him, the Bible says in John chapter 8. Jesus said, there is no truth in him. He can never tell you something that is right. Only God can tell you what is right. Only the Lord can tell you what is right. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, you know, uh, Paul writing about this um, treasure and earthen vessel and all that, he goes on to say, he says that the gods of this world have blinded their eyes. One of the things the enemy will do in our life is he will blind our, way, our eyes. He will blind us so that we cannot see. That's why we must be very, very careful. The enemy comes to blind you. The enemy comes to twist what you are seeing. Amen. The Bible says um, in, in 2 Corinthians 11, if you read verse 3, he says, But I fear lest somehow, Paul writes, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He says, you know, I'm so concerned for you. You know, Corinth, the church at Corinth was a place where there was a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of God, walking after the things of the Spirit of God. There was a lot of things that were happening, amazing things were happening. Paul's concern for the church was, you know, he says, Oh, I just hope that you don't get deceived like Eve, that you don't listen. Eve listened to the enemy. If you listen to the enemy, it will do something to you. It will change. Let me show you this. Let me show you. Um, if you turn to me, Genesis chapter 3. I think it is verse um, 8. Let me just... Um, Verse 6, 
for God knows that in the day you eat, verse 5, for God knows in the day that you eat it, your eyes will be opened. The devil is speaking. Why be in a place where you can hear the devil? When you hear the devil, see what are the consequences. So, when the woman saw that tree was good for food, what was it? She heard a lie which looked like a truth. When, when she heard it, her view of the tree changed. The Bible says she saw that the tree was good for food. You see? When you hear the enemy, what you see becomes twisted before your eyes. It just, it just turns around, twists. Then the Bible says that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant. What does it say? It became a desirable thing, pleasant to the eyes. You see, when you hear, your view changes. The way you look is turned, it's twisted. Once it is twisted, it, it does something on the inside of you. It became pleasant to the eyes. A tree desirable to make one. Suddenly you feel, wow, if I can have this, something will happen in my life. And the Bible says she ate the fruit. That was the end of it. It all starts with listening to the enemy. That's why Jesus said to the devil, get thee behind me, Satan, he said. He never, he never allowed Satan to tell anything to him. One Corinthians twenty-one. It's a very powerful scripture. Actually, it's a very, very powerful scripture because of of David. You know, all of us know David was a very anointed man. Amen. One Chronicles twenty-one, and the Bible says like this: verse twenty-one and verse one. Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. Moved David to number. Who was moved? An anointed man of God. A king. A man walking in the call of God. A man walking in the purpose of God. You know, sometimes, you know, why is Paul writing all this? Why is Paul telling us? Because he wants to warn us. Sometimes, you know, we think because we are anointed, whatever we say is right. Whatever we do is right. Whatever we feel is right. Whatever we think is right. Excuse me. What God says to you is right. Whatever God reveals to you is right. Whatever God speaks to you is right. That's the only right thing. The devil, Satan, stood against Israel. Sometimes Satan will stand against your church. Sometimes Satan will stand against your family. Sometimes Satan will stand against your children. Satan will stand against your business. And what will he do? He will move you to do something. Now if, if you think, if you become naive and you think, because I'm anointed, whatever I do is going to be the right thing, this is what will happen. David numbered Israel. And there was a plague in the nation. There was a plague in the nation. 
death. Because an anointed man, the leader of a nation, the head of a nation, was ignorant that what he was doing was actually of Satan. Are you with me? Sometimes the most anoint you can be the most anointed person, but you must know this. Satan can come. He can stand against the ministry that you do, and he can move you to do something. One move. That's it. A plague will come into the nation. A plague will come into your ministry. A plague will come. That's why it's very, very important to be careful. 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 Now how can we overcome Satan? The Bible says in Revelations 12 and verse 11, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Two things that Satan cannot stand against is the blood of Jesus. I want you to know that. That's why the cross is so powerful. That's why it's very important never to go back into your past life. The cross is the end to something in your life and the beginning of something new in your life. It's the end. It's over. It's finished. It's gone. It's out. Well, the enemy wants to tell you it's not out. He wants you to think, oh, excuse me, God took care of 99 things, but that one thing, you know, you need to do something, brother. No, no, no. Excuse me. There's nothing in your past. Why? Because the blood has the Leviticus 17 and verse 11. The Bible says life is in the blood. You know what stands between your past and your present? The life of Jesus. It stands. You read the Bible. You'll be amazed. When it came to the children of Israel, when he took them through the wilderness, he put the fire in the morning and he put the cloud of glory, you know, in the morning and, and the pillar of fire. Do you know something? When they came, what you know what what separated the children of Israel and the armies of Egypt? The glory of God. It's the same picture of the cross. The Bible says the pillar of fire moved from the front into the back. It came, the one who, lead, who was leading them, you know, he came behind between Egypt and the children of Israel. You know why? Because that's where it divides. That's where Egypt is gone. Today your Egypt is gone. The abuses of your past, the traumas of your past, whatever it is you have been through in your life, whatever, whoever has done to you, let me tell you, it is broken. That curse, that power, its ability, that, that whatever has happened, its effects, its power over you is broken. That power is broken. Let me tell you something. The power of that word, the power of the enemy's voice is broken. There is no power in that voice. The authority that it had to control your body is broken. When the police, the polity, police, you know, when they wear a uniform, they are something else because it's the authority. But if they take their uniform off, it's gone. Jesus tore. 
tore that authority, tore it out of Satan. Made a big public spectacle of him. Nailing on the cross. Destroyed the enemy's power. You overcome your enemy by the blood of the Lamb. That's why, you know, you mustn't be afraid. I remember as a little boy, my aunt used to teach me. I never knew what it meant. But she, I, I was so young. She used to tell me every time you see, uh, you know, something dark or something evil or some, uh, you know, um, ungodly thing, you know, she said, just speak the blood of Jesus. Say in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. So I always, as a little boy, that's the one thing I knew. Whenever I was in trouble, the blood of Jesus. Whenever I had a problem, the blood of Jesus. Whenever I didn't know what to do, blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. But it was later when I got saved and I began to walk with God, I understood what I was actually saying. The life of Jesus. Speak it over you. The blood has life. In it is a new covenant. In Luke 22, Jesus said, Covenant. This is the blood of the new covenant, he said. What is there? What was in the blood? The new covenant. When Jesus shed his blood, there came a new agreement between him and you. What was that agreement? That he will forgive your sins and he will forget them. I want to tell you, my friend, it's powerful. It's very, very, very powerful. Very powerful. You are under a new agreement. You are under a new law. You are under a new grace. You are under a new life. You are under a new season in your life. You are under a new atmosphere. You are under a new place. You are under a new destiny. I want to tell you tonight. The blood of Jesus will speak better things than the blood of Abel. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 26, Paul says, I, I, that's why I don't fight like one who beats the air, he says. I'm not simply fighting as one who beats the air. I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what words to use with the enemy. Sons of Sceva. The Bible says, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know. The devil knows who you are. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to pull down strongholds. Are you walking through challenges in your home, in your marriage, in your family? Are you walking through a situation where you're saying, God, I don't know what to do. Take authority. Take authority. You have the power, the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. You have the blood of Jesus upon you. You know how to overcome. Word of your testimony. Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me. Therefore, he said, therefore go, he said. You stand as a preacher. You stand as a man of God, as a woman of God, because there is an authority over you. You tell your problem in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, I take authority over you. Spirit of fear. Spirit of confusion. You're walking through bad dreams. Walking through situations you don't know what to do. 
Don't fight the person, fight the enemy. The people who are fighting you, dissatisfied with you, broken, you are a broken man. You're a broken man. God is telling you, my brother, he is for you. Take authority over your enemy and say, in the name of Jesus, take your hands off my family. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off my children. Take your hands off my husband. Take your hands out of my wife. Speak into that situation, my friend. It is to victory that Christ has called you. It's not by might nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of God. David said, Lord, you anoint me with fresh oil. Father, I thank you tonight for your, my dear brothers and sisters. One moment, would you just lift your hand wherever you are. The blood of Jesus come upon you. Maybe you're worried about your child. Maybe you're worried about the future. The future of your children. Lord, is there something? Is there something? Take authority, says the Lord. I've given you authority. In my name. Speak the name of Jesus. The Bible says they overcame him. Revelations 12 and verse 11. I overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. Begin to confess the word of God. Speak the word of God. Speak the promise of God. Lord, you have said to me that I will not fear. You have said to me, you have said to me, I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. Pray for my dear brothers and sisters tonight, Lord. There is a sickness in their body. There is a situation they're walking through tonight, Lord. We take authority over it and we speak God's healing power to come upon them in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for my dear brothers and sisters. This would be days, O oh God, we will not be ignorant of the devices of the devil. But Lord, we put on, put on the armor of God, put on the power of God, put on the word of God, clothe ourselves with Jesus, that we can walk in the victory that you have proclaimed over us. We love you, we worship you, God. Speak your blessing over every person in tonight's meeting. Pray, O oh God, how we will be able to be sensitive to see how the enemy works and be able to overcome the enemy. Be wise in the way we speak. Wisdom to handle every situation and walk under the glory of God. We love you, Lord. Thank you for what you have made us to be. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God's people said, Amen. Have a blessed week. Looking forward to seeing you again next week. God bless you. Hallelujah. God will move every mountain. You walk in the authority and in the power of God. Remember, let me tell you one more time. Remember, tonight, there's nothing in the past behind the cross that can have a hold on you. When Jesus said it is finished, it was finished. Satan and all his rule and authority and power finished. His ability to rule you is finished. When you come to Jesus, that's the life. That's peace and joy, righteousness. God bless you. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. 
If you would like to get in touch with us, please write to us at transformingnationsforjesus at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.